detention veterans, and everyone who's ready to change their lives. Welcome to the Christina Silva Show, educating our veterans live. Join your host, Marine Corps-trained motivator, Christina Silva, as she connects with experts, innovators, and military heroes. Now, let's get started. Here is Christina Silva. Yeah. Well, fans, we are excited to bring you innovations and trailblazing expertise with our number one guest of the new Christina Silva Show. And we are infusing you with knowledge and your rights. So joining us today is Ms. Kamei of the Ms. Kamei Show. Have a backbone in life. Stand up for your rights. Help someone else and change your community. So let's learn a little bit about Ms. Kamei. Ms. Kamei is going to share with us today from her corporate, professional, and her championship background. And her bio shows just that. Here are a few tips about her background that you'll be stimulated by. So keep on listening to the Christina Silva Show because we promise you that by the end of this debut, you'll have your own clean writing style. Ms. Kamei is a Presidential Volunteer Services Award recipient, and she has increased her higher education with a degree in paralegal studies. And in Nevada, she prides herself about a background with nonprofit and the Las Vegas Legal Support Association. She is a partner, and partnering with others means that she is equipped to help you learn how to change your future by collaborating with others. And with every Christina Silva show, we teach you how to expand your vocabulary and your knowledge while you transition from military into civilian careers. What is collaboration? Collaboration is the action of working with someone to produce or create something. What is community? Well, community is a social unit, and it's a group that loves living things such as religion, values, customs, identity, or rights. And don't we love multicultural diversity? We dress the part, and Ms. Kamei sure does, as she's joining us for her first interview on the Christina Silva Show in couture fashion, the design and manufacture of fashionable clothes to a client-specific requirements and measurements is what Ms. Kamei is all about. Now, after a long intro, here she is, Ms. Kamei. Welcome to the Christina Silva Show. Well, thank you. What what a stellar introduction. So humbled uh, by uh, your uh, interest um, and your invitation um, onto your, your platform. Um, I'm so grateful to have the opportunity uh, to speak to your veteran audience um, and, and helping them, you know, facilitate and maneuver into a civilian life. So um, I'm excited for the show and excited to, to share my knowledge and experience and, and advocating for the people. This is amazing, especially knowing that you're an international author with a book entitled Family Ties. Wow, Family Ties. What does that mean to you when you say what binds us and tears us apart? Yeah, that's that's a, a great question, you know, a great topic of conversation. Um, Family Ties, What Binds Us and Tears Us Apart was an anthology project that I was invited to participate in. 
Um, I was um, offered an opportunity to be a contributing author to that anthology, along with several other people around the country, actually, around the world, as a matter of fact. And we were all sharing our, our stories about our family ties. And I'm sure you can relate, as anybody that's listening to the show, uh, that we have family ties, right? So whether they are uh, by birth or, you know, families that, that we create, you know, in, in, throughout our lifetime, they're all family to us. And those family ties, they can bind us together <laughs> or they can tear, tear us apart. And so my chapter in that anthology uh, shared my pageant family experience um, and my journey at that time uh, when I contributed to that chapter in that anthology, and I wanted uh, people to hear my truth um, and, and what my pageant journey entailed and, you know, where it started and ultimately uh, where I changed direction um, in my pageant career. And so it was honestly my first testimony, if you will, about what really happened and, you know, who really did what and <laughs> amazing. That is so uh, yeah, amazing. Great story. Because pageant life, it begins with where you're from, where you're born, who your siblings are. It contributes to your upbringing. It, it does also bring about self-love, self-confidence, and also the challenge and healthy competition or unhealthy yes. competition. So let's start with a little bit about your background, where you came from, and who some of your deepest mentors are from your childhood. I, uh, I was raised in Italy and Greece. My stepfather was in the army. And um, my mother and my sister and my stepdad, um, we all relocated uh, overseas. And so I had the opportunity to see the world, you know, in, in, on an international level at a very young age. I spent my days snorkeling the ocean, um, eating amazing Italian and Greek food, uh, learning about Italian and Greek culture. We were overseas about six years total. And, uh, you know, I had an opportunity to learn Greek to learn Italian. Um, I often uh, was an interpreter for my family <laughs> because I seemed to, to pick up the, the second languages pretty quickly. Uh, the food, uh, the experience, the culture was, was just, it's almost indescribable to me. Um, I, I definitely want to get back, you know, as an adult and really enjoy, um, you know, those cities, those states, those countries, you know, as an adult. Uh, but it really helped frame my ability to adapt and to, you know, get in where I fit in, essentially. Um, I really, you know, just made my own way. I, I really believe that it helped build my, my bravery and my courage in, you know, living in a country that was foreign, uh, where I didn't speak the language, um, I didn't know the culture, and, you know, inserted myself um, in, in, and positioned myself to learn those things. Um, and that's something that I have done throughout my entire life. Um, you know, we have to be able to, to move, right? Life is a journey. Life is about movement. And, you know, we have to learn how to position ourselves and where to place ourselves to create opportunities and create the destiny that we want for our life. And so I, I truly believe that I was taught that skill set, um, you know, being young and, and living uh, overseas. Um, you're, you know, who are my biggest mentors? Well, I will say, uh, first and foremost, my mother, uh, who is, is in heaven. She's been in heaven since 2008. 
And uh, she has uh, been a life mentor to me, even though she is not here physically, you know, present with me. Uh, her spirit is here. Her legacy is here. Uh, her morals, her values, um, the virtues that she instilled and taught me uh, as I was growing up um, have mentored me and continue to mentor me to this day uh, in her legacy. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing. You are a guest that exudes all the principles of clean writing style where educating our veterans live is a community responsibility. And it's a very touchy subject when you begin to share and reflect back of growing up in a nation that was far away. But when you are an adult and you see in hindsight what that international inclusion meant to your life, being cultured yes. and learning other languages and seeing the people, you really appreciate new Americanism. And with every yeah. Christina Silva show, we thank our troops and we also honor their legacy and their service because it isn't free. And so I would right. like for you to say a thank you to your army soldier family mate and also say a moment of silence with me for those that are lost and that have served in every era for our country as we approach Veterans Day. Yes, I would not. I think I definitely would not have the life experience that I've, I have today if I was not uh, a child of a military member. Um, you know, I remember just such a great childhood um, and, and watching my stepdad, you know, in the military and how he worked and, um, you know, fighting for our country, you know, our troops around the world that, that fight for our freedom, that fight for our rights, um, that essentially, you know, I don't want to say sacrifice their life, but honestly, you know, the, they make life sacrifices when they decide to serve in the armed forces um, here in our country. And I wouldn't be uh, where I am at today. I wouldn't have the experiences that I've had um, if it wasn't for the armed forces. So I thank my stepfather, who, who is also in heaven. I thank him for his service. I thank every veteran. I thank every active service member um, that has served. I also thank their families, their families who sacrifice so much family, <laughs> Uh, you know, when when one of their loved ones is, is serving in, in the armed forces, um, our 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 country would not be, you know, where where we are in, in the political climate that we're in. Um, and of course, that's not what we're talking about today. But, um, you know, we would not be where we were where we are today as a country uh, without our armed uh, forces and the people serving in those. Uh, those divisions. So thank you so much to all of the veterans currently uh, who have served and all of our active service members. I'm so grateful that I live in a country where you all are serving to protect us. So we want to say hua and semper fi to all of our branches of the military, our Space Force, our Air Force, Army, Navy, Marines, Coast Guard, and our Department of Defense, law enforcement agencies, and our first responders. We love you today, nurses and doctors, in this time of pandemic and worry and loss and sometimes celebration and triumph during these times in 2021. We have to remember that there's always hope. So Ms. Camay is now going to share about her faith, family, and how she actually perseveres throughout life's trials and triumphs because family ties matter. We've got to learn how to ebb and flow. And you mentioned life is a journey. So how do you make it through chapters of your life? Well, geez, without, you know, getting, getting emotional, that that's actually a, a pretty emotional question for me. Um, my ability to travel through life, to move through life, to journey through life, to survive uh, through the challenges 
comes down to one simple uh, thing. And that thing is watching my mother survive over and over and over and over again, and not just survive, you know, her journey through life, uh, but she survived with class. She survived with sophistication. She survived with tact. (laughs) She survived with her head held high with the biggest crown on her head. Um, She never missed a beat Um, in some of her most uh, trying times of survival. I watched my mother courageously and boldly and bravely um, confront uh, what was before her. And time and time again, uh, regardless of the circumstances, regardless of, you know, what we were going through, um, you know, there was a time when she was married to a, an abusive alcoholic husband. And, um, you know, as a child, when you, when you see those things, when you're, you're, you're in the middle of those things and you see those things and you witness that trauma, And you, you know, as a child, you think, how is she surviving this? How is this even happening? How is, you know, like, what is going to happen tomorrow? Where do we go from here? Um, And in those, you know, some of the most devastating uh, life experiences, I witnessed my mother time and time again, consistently um, survive. And so that taught me resiliency. That taught me uh, valor. Uh, that taught me that my shield and my helmet and my sword that I carry um, will defeat all enemies that come against me. And even in the moments when I feel defeated, um, my bravery, my courage, my resiliency, um, my refusal to lose, (laughs) um, it's, 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 it's magnified. I think of my mother and what I watched her survive, her life story, what I know about her and what she survived as a young, a young teenage girl. If my mother survived um, that journey, you know, my journey is, is nothing compared to what she survived. So um, her legacy live lives on, you know, again, going back to her being one of my mentors, I have to say, you know, now that I'm a married woman, newly married, Um, I have to say my sister, uh, she is my only sister. She is my older sister, even though she tries to tell people that she's the younger sister, (laughs) she is the older sister, Um, you know, her through her marriage to her husband, uh, they've been married 17 years. You know, I seek counsel in my sister um, as a wife now, um, you know, and managing my marriage. Um, You know, my sister has been a huge support, um, a huge, huge influence. Uh, She's even supported my husband. Um, You know, they have a very close relationship. And so I've learned that, you know, extended family, you know, again, it's not blood family, but it's, it's family by marriage and that that family bond can be just as strong, you know, and just as just as meaningful. So uh, my niece, you know, I will say our, our youth, right? We can learn from them, people. We can learn from our youth. We can learn from, um, you know, uh, the younger generation that we are influencing, that we are speaking to, that we are talking to, you know, the things that I have instilled in my niece um, in her 26 years of life, you know, she's coming back, it's coming back full circle. And, uh, you know, she's counseling me uh, as a a wife (laughs) and, and a friend. 
and, you know, things that I'm going through and, you know, being honest with me, being real with me. Um, we don't always agree. Um, and there are things that, you know, conversations that we have or decisions or choices I might, might make that, you know, my family might be like, mm, that might not have been the best decision. But at the end, we can agree to disagree, you know, and, and continue to move on and be, be those, those real uh, transparent voices, you know, in our family. Um, I will also share recently uh, my nephew. I have a 17-year-old nephew. His birthday is on Tuesday. He's 17 going on 27. <laughs> um, I love my nephew. That's my boo right there. <laughs> and, you know, uh, we are very close. Uh, he's very close with my husband and I. And, you know, through his life journey, through his experience, through, you know, the path that he is taking, uh, what he's learning, you know, he comes to my husband and I, um, he comes to our family, you know, and he's asking us questions about, you know, the world. And we, it's our responsibility to equip him with tools and resources, you know, for the world. And, you know, having conversations with, with him about life and, you know, being honest and transparent with him about my life and choices and decisions I've made, you know, uh, the, the, the natural consequences, but good or bad or indifferent. Um, and, and, you know, just, just having just open, real, honest communication, no condemnation, no judgment. And, that, and that's hard in families, you know, especially when you're a child, your parents, you know, don't do this, do that. And don't do what I, what I do, do what I say. And you're, you know, it, 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 it the dynamic, the dynamics can be very challenging. Um, but I do credit my family that we've stuck together. We've made it, you know, through life. We're continuing to, to journey through life and we're celebrating. We have a great niece in the family. Um, you know, my husband and I aren't having any kids ever, <laughs> but you know, our, 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 my husband's a grandfather, you know, his son, um, just had his first, uh, daughter. And so, you know, our families are growing and, you know, just so much to be excited about when, when it comes to our families, there's always stuff to work on, right? There we is. always got a little family drama, you know, there's stuff that happens here and there, but we all love each other, you know, and we're committed to the family. That's what's most important, Ms. Kami. You have shared something so great to our whole body of listeners out there, whether they be military dependents or serving on active duty and lands far away. There's a community and an extended family, especially if you're military, that is waiting to help you. But all you have to do is reach out. So we always want to give our audience a chance to connect with us and know that there is help along the way as we approach the holidays, because it's a very lonely and challenging time when yes. the holidays approach. Yes. And so if you ever feel alone out there, know that a friend is a family mate. If you're far away from your actual mom and dad or siblings, you can always reach out and create a new friendship. It, friendship is within you and others will gravitate toward you if you put out that level of positivity and even need and want. Swallow your pride and be close to others during the holidays, especially in these times. Yeah. We would yeah. like you to wait with us for part two of the Christina Silva show featuring the Ms. Kame show, where we're going to learn about her radio background, along with her legal expertise and her pageants and what's coming up with her new collaborations, wearing couture in the community. You're listening to the Christina Silva show on the voice America variety channel. And we will be right back right after these special advertisements. Attention veterans, are you ready to be your own boss? It's time to launch your own ideas into reality. Discover your clean writing style. 
Gear up with Marine Corps trained motivator, Christina Silva. Christina is a positive energy promoter with a special gift in connecting with innovators. Get the Military Heroes 411 and glean from experts every week by listening to the Christina Silva Show. We're educating our veterans live on the Christina Silva Show, live at 5 p.m. Pacific time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Yes, everyone, we got up close and personal with our special guest today, Ms. Kame Dunn-McClure. She is the host of the Ms. Kame Show, and she shared with us many, many personal triumphs she's had, and she described the lovely service of her stepfather in our United States Army, along with her mother's triumphant plight, surviving in this lifetime with just dignity, self-respect, honor, courage, and brilliance, like my mother did. So now, Ms. Kame, we want you to give us a little bit about the opener of the Ms. Kame show and some of your favorite shows that you have had in broadcasting a couple of years ago. Well, I mean, you know, each each interview was special uh, in of itself. Um, I, I, uh, you know, as you've shared, I, uh, kind of socialized in, in pageantry and plus size pageantry, which pushed me into plus size modeling, which then pushed me into radio. And so I, uh, was the executive director and producer of the Miss Kamei show on alternative talk, 1150 AM KKNW out in Bellevue, Washington. I was on the air there in the studio for two seasons and, um, I, I just was a natural at it. Um, I, I got into radio as a platform to share my message and the testimony of, of other people around the world, their story of survival, their testimony, and um, have never really had any formal uh, training. I, uh, you know, worked with some uh, producers um, off the own network, off the Oprah network, uh, which really, you know, helped catapult my, my show into a new direction. Um, but I loved providing a platform for people that had an amazing story of survival that, that no one would ever even imagine if they weren't told um, in an effort to encourage them and empower them to keep going. Um, I have to say, man, one of my most memorable interviews was actually with my sister, and it was on the anniversary date of our mother going to heaven. It happened to be on Mother's Day weekend, and I I brought my sister into the studio, and uh, we talked as two sisters who had lost their mother um, um, on Mother's Day weekend, actually in 2008. And, you know, we uh, wanted to share our testimony. We wanted to encourage other people who had lost their mother. Um, you know, we, we had a little bit of fun and, you know, talked about the older sister, younger sister, who <laughs> 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 was mean to who when we were growing up. Um, but it was, it, was, it was an opportunity for my sister to share her story as well um, on that platform. And it was beautiful to hear her and, you know, her relationship with my mother. And, um, you know, what it what it really meant for her and, you know, where we were at now and how we were getting through it, you know, together. Um, I have to say, I interviewed Curtis Young. Uh, Curtis Young is actually Dr. Dre's firstborn son. And, you know, people that know this young man today think that he was born with this platinum spoon in his mouth because his father was Dr. Dre. Right. And that is absolutely not that man's story. 
uh, he didn't find out that Dr. Dre was his father until he was about 12. And um, he was not born with a platinum spoon in his mouth. He was actually, um, he was born in a toilet. Um, and so, you know, he talked about growing up and his love for music and his love for, you know, just this innate, innate ability, uh, you know, musically to produce music, to write music. And, you know, he really never knew where it came from until he found out who his real father was. And, and then it all made sense. And, you know, I was teasing him in my interview because I'm like, how, how can you be denied? Like you are a spitting exactly. image of your dad. <laughs> <laughs> he cannot deny you if he wanted to, <laughs> um, you know, so to, I mean, I've, I've interviewed, you know, fashion designers and um, pastors of churches um, you know, I've interviewed, you know, women who just have an amazing platform, um, who are movers and shakers and are really making, you know, creating their own, their own legacy. And, um, you know, the, the foundation for the Miss Kame show, it, it's still a podcast now, you know, here in Vegas. Um, you know, my schedule isn't as hectic as being live on the air. Uh, so it's very different now. But I um, am I feel it's my responsibility to give people an opportunity to step up to the podium and speak into the microphone. I uh, encourage people to use their voice to uh, to speak up for themselves, to advocate for themselves. Um, you know, we live in a world that's full of statutes and ordinances and law and and regulation, and we the people have rights. We the people have rights, and so you know, I use that platform, you know, as a way to reach the world. And um, and it has it has absolutely done that. Um, I've created content for, you know, people who are marketing their brand, marketing their business, which I love doing. Um, there are not enough. There's too many crabs in the bucket. Elaborators. <laughs> <laughs> there's exactly. you know, there's so much there's room at the top for everybody. You know, we all can win. We all can win. There is so much room, you know, for everybody to, to win. And uh, so that, that's really the foundation of the Miss Kame show. It started, you know, with within pageantry, but it, within pageantry is our amazing testimonies of, of survival. And so the show just kind of, you know, uh, organically grew from there. Wow. The Ms. Kame show in a nutshell has interviewed family mates that talk about topics that are usually swept under the rug or not politically correct, like bereavement or memories of growing up with a mom. And you have different experiences with your mom and just opening up to share with someone else who lost their mom in the same bracket of time around a holiday, such as Mother's Day is incredible. It helps yeah. others connect and they can be silent while listening to the podcast what a great time in social media around the world to reach others where you have a sort of anonymity where you can have emotion, but also gain the courage to tell your own story. That's right. why I'm so glad you're our guest today because we kind of <laughs> connect in a lot of different areas. Yeah. It's so important, Christina, because, you know, as, as you and I um, have learned, um, you know, you, you and I share some commonalities in the things that, you know, that we're doing that, that, uh, you know, that that's another announcement, right? <laughs> what, what we're doing <laughs> and how we came to know each other. But, you know, when people really look at themselves and, and other people, you know, we have more commonalities than we do differences. We really honestly do as, as people. And, um, you know, it's so easy to focus on, you know, the negative or what's not working, you know, or, or, you know, we take things personal, our ego gets in the way, but when we really humble ourselves and we really take a step back and we, we stop 
forcing the need to be right and listen with the intention of hearing and not listening with the intention of responding the, the commonalities between two people, you know, can, can be countless, can be countless. We can find so many more things that, that we have in common, uh, you know, that, that we like uh, versus the differences. The, the thing with differences is they get magnified. So it could be one or two differences or seven or eight, you know, positive aspects or seven or eight commonalities. And uh, the, the, the differences tend to be magnified. They tend to get the most, you know, energy, the most fuel. And that's where the issue is. You know, we got to shift our focus, reset our mindset and really understand, you know, that we're all humans. We all bleed the same color, you know, whether we're white, green, whether we, where we come from, you know, I was a, a Hawaiian, Portuguese, Italian, Sicilian, you know, young child that was not, I did not look white. I did not look black. I did not look Hispanic. I did not look Indian, you know, and I'm living in, in a foreign country and I'm not, I, I don't speak the language. Um, I look nothing like the culture that I was living in, right. but families welcomed us. Uh, families from around the world welcomed us. You know, I remember holidays, man, those base birthday parties and those base <laughs> Thanksgiving, like that, those are parties. Those multicultural and diverse, right? Yeah. I mean, and all of you veterans, you know, all you active service members that are listening to the show, I know you guys are laughing because I know (laughs) you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Well, you just said it so eloquently earlier. You said you get in where you fit in, especially with regard to holidays and military families in a foreign country. You give out what you receive. It's so important to be on that podcasting frequency and in that life frequency where you're in control of your own destiny about what you put out, even your thoughts. And we're all guilty of it. Emotion. How hard is it divorcing emotion and competing in one of the pageants? And tell us about one of your titles. Here we go, fans. You got you to <laughs> read that book, Family Ties, What Binds right? Us and Tears Us Apart. It's available on Amazon right now. <laughs> <laughs> a plug. That's a radio stunt there she has. Folks. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> You're picking up what I'm putting down. <laughs> You know, well, I I will tell you this. I want to start with this, Christina. You know, I I was actually recruited into pageantry. This is where it all started. I was in Washington State. I was actually shopping for my birthday. I had this big party plan. I was shopping for, you know, that new birthday fit, trying to be fly and flawless, you know, on my birthday, right? (laughs) The director for Washington Plus America was, uh, was at this store where I was shopping and she approached me and was like, Hey, have you ever competed in a pageant? You know, I think you're gorgeous. Um, you know, you have this very unique look, you know, like, like what do you think? And so I was, you know, I said, give me your brochure, you know, not, let me research it, you know, being in the legal field, being a legal professional, it's all about research, what we can of find. Course. Right. And so I, I walked away from that, uh, you know, and celebrated my birthday. And then I came back to the brochure And what really impressed me was that the pageant system, it was a plus size pageant system for women who are size 12 or greater. And the message was um, real women with real bodies making a real difference. That's right. Yes. And I thought, well, that really is aligned with who and what I believe in as, as a woman, 
you know, I've always believed that, that real bodies making a real difference. We're real women. And I was like, well, I can get on stage and look cute and, you know, be (laughs) fabulous. Like I'm doing that already. You know, this is me. (laughs) This is me. This is how I'm showing up. So yeah, I can, I can do that. And I had no idea what was in store for me. I had absolutely no idea what it entailed. I really had no idea what I had signed up for. Um, You know, to me, it was just like, oh, I can get on stage and I can wear a dress and I can be cute, basically. The the first aspect of pageantry that that I learned uh, was the power of the platform. When I I chose a title, I represented the city of Everett. So I was Ms. Everett in the Washington Plus America pageant and I was competing for a state title. I had to choose a platform. I had to choose something that was important to me, that, that really was significant in my life, that really made an impact. And I chose kidney disease uh, because that's ultimately what my mother and my father um, passed away from was renal failure. And so I wanted to raise awareness in my community about kidney failure. I wanted to raise awareness about how people could prevent um, their kidneys from failing. I wanted people to understand the power of, you know, healthy living and healthy eating while they were alive so that they didn't have to be a mother or a father that their daughter, their daughter was going to talk about in a few years because they had passed away, you know, so that kind of really began my, my public speaking platform and, and really started the foundation, you know, because I began to talk and speak about my parents, my mother, my father, um, and Hey, you know, community, like you can, can prevent this from happening to you. And this is what you can do. And, you know, this is where you can go. And these are tools and resources that can help you if you do have, you know, kidney failure. These are the people that can help you. And so um, I was in love with it. It was, you know, they say, Christina, if you love what you do, it's not work. Yes. I was breathing, eating, sleeping, drinking, showering pageantry. And I just, I fell in love with being the voice and being the example and, you know, being the one to speak up. Sure. So, so pageantry, you know, th- and, and there, there was definitely drama. Um, you know, my, my pageant family uh, broke my heart. I had some very heartbreaking experiences through pageantry, hence my chapter in, in the book. So as, as happy and as amazing and as powerful as it was, you know, there was also this flip side that was very, very heartbreaking. I, I really kind of came out of nowhere. So, you know, Miss Kamei in Washington State and, you know, pageantry is huge in Texas. It's huge in Dallas, huge in Houston, huge on the East Coast, yeah. you know, New York. I mean, plus size pageantry, you know, the big hair, the big nails, the big oh lashes, the big <laughs> shoes, <laughs> the big gowns, you know? Um, yeah. There was just, there was, there was so much to it. And I, I really came out of nowhere um, and started winning titles. I, I built a reputation for myself, but there were also a lot of haters that were, that developed along the way. And, you know, I want to say for the record, I I love all, you know, I I don't like to have enemies. I don't want to, you know, exist in the universe and exist in the world with people, um, you know, having any ill will towards me or me having ill will towards them. I don't think that that's a healthy spiritual, you know, place to be, uh, especially not for very long. And. Um, But at the same time, you know, there are people that are, they're either going to love me or they're going to hate me. I really haven't found kind of an in-between type of relationship. (laughs) They're either good with me or they're not. And, and, you know, that's okay. That's okay. Um, I still love those people and, you know, can learn, learn from them. So 
my, my very first title, um, you know, I competed uh, in Washington State, as I said, I actually took a second runner up to or first runner up, excuse me, to to the state title. And um, I decided to leave that pageant system for various reasons. And I represented Washington State in the American Beauties Plus pageant, which uh, was originated in Atlanta. My. And uh, love Atlanta. I mean, it, I went to Atlanta by myself for the first time and fell in love with that city. Right? <laughs> fell in love with the hospitality, you know, plus size pageantry is very prevalent in that town. Um, you know, the, the I mean, it just had this like very urban kind of R&B, you know, Hollywood glitz and glamour type feel to it. Um, with the good Southern food and that, that amazing Southern hospitality, it's just amazing, amazing city. And so um, I, I went there in February of 2013, uh, representing Washington state. And, you know, back in those days, no one came from Washington state. There were no delegates from Washington state. And oftentimes I was asked, you know, are you from Wash from DC? Are you from the DC area? Like Washington, what? <laughs> oh, Washington State. Oh, where's that? You know, so um, I, I actually uh, was crowned an ambassador with with ABP that year, and the next year of my active reign. Oh, I was I was recruiting other women um, into the the pageant system. I was coaching other women. I be, uh, became a, a very successful pageant coach. I've coached uh, eleven other women over the years uh, to national titles uh, myself as a pageant coach. Um, you know, again, leading by example, uh, leading with with courage, leading with confidence, um, and leading with my voice. Pageantry, Christina, at the end of, you know, all the good, bad, the indifferent, you know, I'm, I, I hold a title right now with uh, Miss Plus World. Um, that is an international pageant. And I am their sponsorship liaison. So I build their sponsorship uh, uh, Rolodex for them, if you will. And the, the foundation of pageantry is my voice. That's what pageantry gave me, you know, after all the years, after the titles, after competing, after the drama. I, I am where I'm at in my life today because of that foundation that pageantry built for me. It gave me my podium and it gave me my microphone to, to speak at. And um, I've accomplished great, great feats um, because of my journey through pageantry. What an incredible story. I never would have known this much about you. I just see something special about you, just like your name, Angel of the Sky, <laughs> Do you know that your name, according to names.com, means angel of the sky? Yes. yes. It's amazing what you have shared just through pageantry. Um, and I want to point out to the listeners, I do this every episode, and that is that someone else sees in you your talents you cannot see. And if you have the courage and bravery, like you've said that you do, to reach out and take that step toward your journey into new frontiers, you can hold a pageantry title too. And so it's really awesome to let others tell you good things, but you don't always have to accept the negative. Every negative plus a negative equals a positive. So I applaud you for continuing to compete from going to one pageantry lane to another and always rising above to share and give the baton to another and to lead other ladies to show them they can do it too. Finding beauty in yourself 
and learning how to glam it up and be out shopping for your birthday leads to <laughs> others that you've inspired to find their beauty as well. Yeah. How did you, yeah. you heal someone's self-esteem? And what, well, first of all, which dress designer do you love wearing the most? And then how did you help someone that you coach to join pageantry find their own <laughs> self-esteem? Which, what designer do I love the most? Well, I, I prefer designing my own pageant attire. I knew it was coming, America. Yes. <laughs> so I, I favor uh, going and picking out my, uh, my, t- my material. And, uh, you know, I love being here in Vegas. I'm so close to California. I'm so close to the garment district. And I love, you know, taking a weekend and making like a little kind of getaway with my husband and going to the garment district in downtown LA and picking my fabric, finding a fabulous glitter, sequin, sparkly, shiny lights, camera action, fabric. Amazing. (laughs) And what are your color schemes that look best on your olivey skin? Well, a red, you know, Camille is, is my soap of the, the 80s. <laughs> uh, red is a power color. I've competed in red. I've completed in royal blue. Um, I love pink. You know, pink, if it's pink and sparkly, I have to have it for sure. No doubt about that. Um, you know, I love green. Uh, like a real, you know, deep emerald green. Mm. I love the I love royal blue. I love red. I love yellow. Um, I love wearing white, um, which is something that a lot of plus size curvy women, uh, they stay away from white. And I love white color, right? (laughs) Yeah, I I love spending a day at the pool, you know, getting nice and deep and dark, just sun kissed tan and putting on, you know, a white gown with a, a smoky eye and red lips and just the class, the sophistication in that contrast. Um, you know, is a favorite look of mine. So, um, you know, I enjoy picking out my own fabric, um, you know, looking at current fashion um, and looking at, you know, kind of what's popular, but at the same time, looking at my body, looking at my height, you know, I'm, I'm very short in the pageant and, and fashion world. And I make up for it in personality and, and confidence on, on the runway and on stage. And so it's important you know, that, that I look at my body and what my body looks like and how I'm going to wear the dress because the dress doesn't wear me. I'm wearing the dress. And so it's important that, you know, when I'm, when I have a vision or, you know, when I've seen, you know, this kind of dress online and I want to recreate it and, you know, the fabric that I want, um, I'm looking more at my body and what I want to highlight I have a very, you know, a small waist and I've got, you know, I got some hips on me (laughs) and, and that's a very, um, you know, I don't want to say ideal, you know, body style to highlight, but it is a, you know, for me, it is, you know, a a body feature that, um, you know, gets attention for sure. And, um, you know, so I would tell anybody, you know, whether you're competing in pageantry or whether you're getting up and getting dressed to go into the office or go to work or if you're a soldier and, you know, you're putting on that same uniform. Right. A lot of people in in professional or educational environments, you know, they have to wear a uniform. So, you know, my theory behind it, and this is something I learned in pageantry, is your undergarment. So if you, you could have the most fabulous dress, you could be rocking Louis Vuitton down the runway or, you know, Christian Dior down the runway. And if your undergarments are bad, that dress is going to look horrible on you. 
So, you know, you, you got to have that undergarment. You got to, you know, as women, we want to showcase, you know, our figure and highlight, you know, our, our assets (laughs) (laughs) and um, you got to have the right undergarment. So, you know, there's nothing for me that makes me feel more like a woman than having fabulous undergarments, the matching sets, um, you know, that's comfortable to what you're doing. Uh, whether it's lace, whether it's microfiber, whether it's satin, whatever it is, ha- you know, putting on a matching set and feeling fabulous underneath what you're putting on, that's going to, you know, exude out of you when you put your uniform on or when you put that gown on. When you know that, it, you know, the line is seamless and, you know, our, our little rolls and our little this and our little that, you know, <laughs> have to we've say got, preach. <laughs> yeah, we've got these, you know, amazing undergarments on and we know we're beautiful. We feel beautiful. So that that's going to come out of us, you know, when we step out of the out of the house and out into the world. That is and fascinating so, and fashionable. Tell us about the greatest yeah. place you found a candidate that was inspired to become a pageant participant as well. Which place did you find her? Well, I, that's actually a great question. You know, there, there are amazing women all over the world, all over the world. Uh, There are women in this world who have survived some of the most traumatic, horrible, you know, life experiences, things that you and I um, could never even imagine. And we've survived our own storms, you know, and uh, women were, were, were daughters, were mothers, were sisters, were aunts, were friends. And, um, you know, and we're professionals. And so we're wearing so many hats. And, you know, when when trauma comes or something happens in in our life and we have to fall back on our resiliency and fall back on our bravery and our courage to get through it and survive it. Every woman is a pageant delegate, in my opinion. Every woman has a story that the world needs to hear. Every woman has 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 a, a you know, a testimony of survival that will encourage others, that will empower others, that will help others get through their their darkest moment or a moment that they're at at this present time. And um, they just don't know how to speak. They don't know where to start. They don't know where their podium and the microphone is. And so when when I was, you know, when I started coaching, I was looking for those women. I was looking for those women who I knew had a story um, you know, who you can look at them. I mean, if you, if you sit as woman to woman, if you sit and you listen to another woman long enough, or you talk to a woman long enough, you're going to hear her testimony. And she may not understand the power behind it. She may not understand how valuable that story is or how much that story of survival is worth to share with others. But we, we can recognize those things in other women. And, you know, I I would say probably one of my most cherished delegates that I coached, I would have to say, was Denise Johnson. Um, She is a rhinestone sister of mine. She will be for life. Uh, Her and I definitely have a a testimony of of survival. Our friendship was was tested and tried for sure. Um, we worked together and I, I saw her, you know, without having a friendship with her, without really talking to her in, in a work environment, um, I, I saw her and I saw who she was. And one day I came across a picture that she posted on Facebook and I messaged her right away. And I said, you, you need to compete in this pageant. 
you need, I don't know what your story is. When can we have lunch? Um, but I, this is you, this is you. And I, I coached her. Um, we spent many, many, many hours together. We actually uh, coached other women in Washington state. Um, her and I began to build a business together. And we really, uh, you know, were in love with what we were doing, the example that we were being to other women. And uh, we, we rallied a lot of women. I mean, Washington State was really on, on fire. You know, they were like, who is this Miss Kamei? And where the <laughs> heck did she come from? And all these other women that, you know, that she's coaching and they're working together and they're making appearances and they're doing, you know, the red dress event and this event and that event. And uh, I will say that we actually created the Washington State Trilogy. So um, Denise herself, another young lady from Washington State, uh, competed that year as well. Uh, I was crowned a lifetime queen um, as an out, uh, outgoing queen when my reign was over. And so we were three women from Washington State that competed and won uh, all won titles and came back uh, the Washington State Trilogy. It had never happened before in plus size pageantry. We were the first ones to do it. Uh, it hasn't been done since. <laughs> it hasn't Drop been accomplished that, since. This is awesome. Yes. And, um, you know, we did amazing things in our community. And we were ex examples uh, to many women around the world. Uh, you know, I've sat back and I've watched the pageant systems grow. Um, you know, people still you know, reach out for the story, reach out for the testimony. Denise is doing amazing things. You know, she has gone on, um, you know, she's not actively competing. I, I believe she holds a lifetime title with um, ABP as well and has gone on to create a fashion brand. And I believe, you know, she just launched a radio show herself and, you know, just the, the, her testimony and her accomplishments, you know, are propelling her forward in, in her journey of life. And, and I, I've seen women transform, you know, they come into pageantry, Christina, and they just, they don't even believe they're there. You yes. know, they're, they're, they don't, they don't think they're beautiful. They don't believe they're beautiful. They don't believe they really have anything to offer the world. And they come into this pageant system and they learn about themselves and they learn about how powerful they are and their story of, uh, of survival and their testimony, um, you know, how it can change lives. It can save lives, Christina. It can absolutely save lives. Yes. And, um, you know, I, I, I mean, it pushes women into doing things that they never, ever thought or imagined that they would ever do once they get on that stage and compete. We, you know, we have some women that, that competed in the talent competition, Christina. And, you know, I, my talent is, um, talking. I have a great negotiating <laughs> ability, you know, that, that's my talent oh, yes. <laughs> negotiation yes, yes, and, yes. <laughs> and influence. There are so many talented women around the world that can sing, that can cite poetry or spoken word. Um, you know, they can per perform a mime performance that and they're not even speaking. And they, I've seen them have women in tears, you know, and the fashion side of it, you know, that that's the fun we can have a lot of fun in fashion, Most especially definitely. plus size fashion. We get away with stuff that they don't really get away with in mainstream pageantry or, or fashion, excuse me. But, um, you know, every woman that I spent time with, every woman that I've ever coached, they all had their own individual testimony. And it was so, so powerful. And I was simply, you know, a voice that was encouraging them to speak out 
about mm-hmm. it, which they, they all they all did. You know, it's amazing. It was really Thank amazing you. to watch the transformation over I and over again. It. I feel something. I hope the entire world listening feels something. We're talking with the one and only Ms. Kame Dunn, Ms. Plus World. She's currently the executive sponsorship liaison, empowering women through her story and leading them to the stage to find out their talents, learn how to speak, to believe in themselves, and to have their full-figured body story on display. And next, we're going to move into the legal side of the professionalism that Ms. Kame wants to share with us. And we're going to start with what she wants to do to change her local community with her background in legal and administrative studies. Take it away, Ms. Kame. Wow. How do I want to change my community? Well, I will, I will share, uh, share with the audience this. I am a transplant to Vegas. I'm, I was not born and raised here, as we know. I came to Vegas to start over in life. I was uh, bullied in the workplace. I was working in a uh, staff council uh, construction, or excuse me, um, insurance defense staff council office for all state insurance and was being bullied. And it was a very traumatic experience. Uh, it almost cost me my life. I lost everything, everything. I was uh, homeless and I left Seattle um, in those circumstances and uh, packed up my car and drove myself out here to Vegas to start over. And, um, you know, I've been here for five years. Vegas has done amazing things for my life. Um, I've established my nonprofit here in Vegas. Uh, I met my husband here in Vegas. Uh, so Vegas has given me a, a husband, which I never thought in a million years I would ever have. <laughs> oh, ching, ching for real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but my husband certainly would never have made it to Seattle. He never would have found me there because he definitely wasn't going to Seattle for anything. Um, but I learned that Vegas is a very small town and the strip and the tourism is a very, very small uh, aspect of this community. And I saw the, the opportunity that lied in this community. I saw a community of entrepreneurs. I saw a community of entrepreneurs that were fighting against the commercialization from the tourism from the strip. I saw local community, you know, fighting uh, the commercial tourism of the strip to, you know, uh, socialize in the short-term rental um, opportunities within the city because of the commercial tourism that goes on, right? Um, I, I, I witnessed homeowners, you know, loving this city because they're they're born and raised here and wanting to, you know, give people from around the world an opportunity to look at and see the local community of Las Vegas uh, by offering a short-term rental option uh, that wasn't something that's for, you know, that's on the strip, that's not kid friendly. You know, they, you got to pay $12, $14 for a three ounce bottle of water, um, you know, and the strip doesn't do anything for the local community here in Vegas. The strip is simply tourism. It's it's simply, you know, keeps that revolving wheel here in the city. Um, The local community works on that strip. The local community serves the tourism that comes here from all over the world. And so we have these people who are intelligent, they're smart, they know this city, 
they know the tourism, they know how it all works. And they are the ones that are working for these companies and these corporations that are making billions and trillions of dollars every year. And we're simply getting an annual salary of, I don't know, maybe 30,000 on a good year. When I saw really what Vegas was, and I saw the local community, and I saw how, you know, the, the county itself, the, their priority wasn't the local community. I, I really was like, okay, you know, we need to start talking about how powerful this local community is here in this city because we're the runs we are the ones running it we are the ones keeping it running and we all saw that when COVID happened um, and the whole entire city shut down you know all these major companies and corporations that all these people thought oh I'm good I work for Caesars I've had this job I've been here for five you know however many years well then COVID happens and then what does Caesar say thank you very much we don't need you anymore mm-hmm. And um, so that really helped people see, you know, just who they are. You know, they're, they are maids, they are valet workers, um, they're entertainers. You know, these corporations would crumble without us working. And so I, um, you know, my nonprofit foundation really serves the, the, legal, the, the local legal support professional. Um, you know, I'm an advocate for the people here in this city. I consult with people who are being bullied in the workplace or who have been bullied in the workplace. I've educated them, you know, on their rights. Um, I've helped the local community understand the law and how the, how the law applies to them and their rights. Um, I also am an advocate for my community, helping my, my community understand their civil rights and what they are entitled to under the constitution. And, you know, I've helped the local community see and understand that that's not just for lawyers. It's not just for lawyers to know what, 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 what a person's rights are, what's, what the law says. It's our rights as the people in the community to know what our laws are, what our rights are. And um, no one's going to tell us what those are. We have to, you know, we have to do the research ourselves, but the information is there. You just, somebody just has to tell people where to look. And so I'm very passionate about the law and I'm very passionate about educating uh, my community and being an advocate for them. So Christina, you know, I have clients that I work with um, who, you know, I, I help them with their estate planning documents. So and I'm not a lawyer, so I'm not advising anybody, I'm not giving anybody legal advice or advising them, you know, how they should be handling their will. You know, I'm simply helping them facilitate through that process. Um, I work with clients who um, are wrongfully terminated. And I help, you know, clients and consult with clients who are uh, wanting to negotiate a severance agreement with their employer. I've helped uh, clients and consult with clients regarding, um, you know, unemployment uh, issues. And, um, you know, I've helped clients, uh, you know, facilitate uh, court appearances. And again, you know, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not representing, representing anybody. I'm not speaking on behalf of anybody, um, but I'm advocating for them. I'm explaining the process to them. I'm, I'm helping them understand um, you know, what it is that they're saying or what it is that they're agreeing to and also how to communicate what it is they want. You know, people get in front of, they get into court and they get in front of a judge and, you know, they're, they're intimidated by that, which is natural. And they're scared and they're afraid and they're fearful. And so my role as an advocate is to explain the process to them, make sure that they understand it, um, make sure they are aware of their, their rights under the law 
and you know what what they really are entitled to and and help them ask for what they want. So let me make this point to you. In every client that I consult with regardless of of the topic, I tell my clients, you would be surprised what you will get if you ask. If you simply just ask for it, you can't live in fear and, oh, what are they going to say? And, oh, what are they going to think? And, oh, they're never going to give this to me. They're never going to agree to that. Well, how do you know they're never going to agree to that? You have to ask. You have to stand up. You have to be an advocate for yourself. And you have to ask. Ask for what we want. And what we want is for you to tune in next week to learn more about the Ms. Camade show and her efforts in the community. And if you're looking for a good read, you're going to check out Family Ties. Are you going to tear it up? Or are you going to tear it down? And <laughs> we can also look forward to some charitable help with legal services. And you'll see all the links to Ms. Cammy and her works on the Christina Silva Show blog post at crsonair.com. You're listening to Voice America's Variety Channel, and we're here every week to give you creative resiliency solutions. We're going to drop the mic and say, God bless America. Enjoy Veterans Day and happy birthday to my Marines all over the world. Ms. Kame, we hope you enjoyed your time on the Christina Silva Show. And we have an extended invitation for you to come and join us once again. Anything for you, Christina. And we'll see you next week. Be safe. Thank you for tuning in this week to the Christina Silva Show. Be sure to check back for new episodes every Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you soon and Semper Fi. Hmm.